Welcome to the Level Up with GNO Realty Podcast, your number one source for information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in the greater New Orleans area. Now, here are your hosts, Braden Smith and Chuck Stahl. All right, welcome back to the Level Up Podcast with GNO Realty. I'm your host, Braden Smith, and here's Chuck Stahl. We're back at it again for episode five. So what did we discuss last time, Chuck? I'll recap in episode four. Uh, we started talking about listing properties, listing properties in today's market, which is very, very hot for sellers right now. Um, in fact, I did uh, some continuing education yesterday and in a four hour CE on negotiations, the first two hours were just explaining to us the state of the union of the market right now, like letting us know how much of a seller's market it is. Uh, so we talked about how severe the housing shortage was, which was, is what's driving the seller's market. Not so much the COVID itself of people afraid to list their homes, but because homes are going so fast, we can't maintain that inventory. Uh, showed how it affected price per square foot where it really had that uh, tick up. Uh, we gave strategies for listings in the current market. We gave the challenges for sellers in the current market because it's not completely devoid of challenges. And uh, if you haven't listened to it or seen it, go back and check it out. You can watch us on YouTube, you know, because we are a video show. But if you can't make it, if you're just a dog walk, a car ride podcast person, anywhere you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe. Give us a rating, too. That always helps us out. So, uh, but yeah, this week uh, it kind of drove us to talk about uh, for sale by owners or FISBOs, as we call them, versus, versus agent assisted. Yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do a quick review of some of these market stats and see where we're at compared to last time real quick, and then we'll jump into that. Um, it looks like everything's pretty much holding steady from how it's been over the last few months. Right now, the, the median sales price is up about 10.5% for the greater New Orleans area as a whole. Uh, we're looking at, a uh, if you look at single-family homes, uh, the median sales price is about 245 right now, and that's actually up a little bit over 11%. Um, the number of new listings is, is down about 2.2%, and the number of homes for sale is actually, when we're looking at single-family homes specifically, is down over 42%. So, again, just like you said in that negotiation class, I'm sure they really drilled that home because is it, it is true. Is 42% severe? <laughs> yeah, right, uh, for sure. And, uh, of course, that's driving the price up, uh, as we've been seeing and uh, the days on market is down even further from last time. As of right now, we're at 17 days on market. Wow. Um, that's the median days on market. And our months of supply is down even further to 2.1 months of supply. It seems like all these numbers just keep kind of either going down or up when it comes to price. Um, the percent of list price, again, is, is uh, running about 99.4%. So there's really not a whole lot of negotiating room with most listings out there if they're priced correctly from the start. And that's, a, that's another thing that's happening with some of these houses selling at such high price, prices. Yes, they're getting at high prices, but they're not all appraising now. Right, right. Yeah, the thing about appraisals is that appraisers are using historical data to predict future values. So it takes some time for the market to catch up because typically appraisers are looking at sales from up to three months ago. And so it'll take a couple of months for those things to catch up. And we are starting to see that happen where some of the, uh, the sales data is catching up now. And there are some homes that aren't quite appraising 
Um, and then, you know, it's anybody's guess how far can we keep pushing prices up? Is it going to keep running higher and higher? I mean, looking at the median price per foot right now, it's, it's still up 9%, uh, which is a pretty significant increase. So um, let's jump into the, uh, the for sale by owner situation. Obviously, I think that's a, a big question on a lot of people's mind these days that are looking to sell their house. Uh, and the short answer to it is that as a for sale by owner, can you do it on your own? Absolutely, you can. Um, the question is, do you really want to do that? Yeah, uh, you knew we weren't going to ask that question without having a good answer for it. And, and that's the thing. You, you absolutely can. You can sell your home, and you can get a return on your investment that is greater than you purchased that home for. And, and you can feel good about that deal with yourself. But are you leaving money on the table? Are you getting max value? And you got to work, too. Absolutely. It is a it is a job and there's a lot involved. There's a lot of moving parts in a real estate transaction. And if, if you're not familiar with the process, and even if you'd have bought a home or sold a home before in the past, maybe it's been a while, maybe it's been a few years, you know, things change every year in the real estate industry. There's always new things that come about. I mean, just the, the state contract that we use as realtors gets updated just about every year, if not every other year. Um, so there's always changes to that, and there's always new laws, rules, and regulations coming into play, which is why they make us do continuing education every year so that we stay on top of those things. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and get into some of these things. You know, we, we, we mentioned that these things can sell on their own, but here are some of the, the pitfalls that may happen uh, doing a for sale by owner. Uh, and the first one here, be prepared to answer the phone, because I know when I have a listing, from from the moment from like 6 a.m it starts going maybe yeah. even earlier as soon as they start clicking around showing time yeah absolutely uh, i would say is even if you don't put it online and you just put a for sale by owner sign in your yard your phone's going to start blowing up pretty much immediately because the demand out there from the buyers is sky high there's just uh, an absolute ton of buyers in the market uh, last I saw, we were still at about 25 to 30 percent more buyers in the market than normal. Um, and at the same time, as we just saw, listings are down about 40 percent or 40 plus percent. So you put that sign in the yard, you can bet your phone's going to start ringing nonstop. And a lot of those calls are going to be from real estate agents, too, trying to get that listing from you. Um, You'll probably be at least one from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of work involved with it, and there's going to be a lot of things that you need to do. And another thing you're going to have to do as a seller, if you are the basically acting as your own agent, if you're for sale by owner, uh, you're going to have to be present for all those showings, all the calls you get that people want to see it. You're going to have to be present. You're going to have to open the house up to show it to them. And if you work a full-time job, you're Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, doesn't really seem like it's going to be possible for you now, to show it there's a the solution. Day. You can put a lockbox on your own house, you know, let let a stranger walk in, you know, give it to a random person, let them walk into your house. Right. That, you can. You could, yeah, but it's probably not a good idea. Um, and you, you'll have to not only be present for showings, but once you go through inspections and then you go through appraisals, there's you're going to have to be there for the, every step of the way um, because you are representing yourself. And, you know, one, one way to kind of think about it is if you've ever had to go to court, do you hire an attorney or do you want to be your own attorney? I know for me... I don't know the law that well. I'm not going to try to represent myself in a court of law. No. No, I mean, I don't care how much uh, law and order you watch on TV. <laughs> you're not ready. And same thing with, with for sale by owner. You know, if, again, if you're not really familiar with the process, you don't know all the ins and outs of it, there is a risk to, to representing yourself, just like if you were representing yourself in a court of law. Um, what are some of the other potential pitfalls? Uh, 
I think fewer people are, it's going to be tougher to market. Fewer people see the home because it's not going to be on the MLS and it's not going to be on show in time. So fewer people are going to have access to it. I know when I'm looking for homes for my clients, I'm looking on the MLS. Like I'm, I'm doing search criteria. I'm, I'm trying to, especially right now, especially when you've really got to put a magnifying glass on things, I want to use the best tools available to me. Well, the best tool available is the MLS. Yeah, absolutely. And without but- it being on there... And let's touch on that real quick too. Why why is the MLS the, the best tool to to get your listing on the MLS? Why is that the best place for it to go? Well, I guess the simple answer is because every single real estate brokerage in the greater New Orleans area puts their listings on there. And so every qualified buyer that's working with a realtor is also going to be looking on there because their realtor is going to have them set up on a search um, where they're going to be getting listings from there. Um, and you know, realtors aren't typically going out there looking for for sale by owners for their buyer clients. If they're looking for for sale by owners, it's because they're looking for listings. Yes. Yeah. And then typically also realtors prefer to deal with other realtors, you know, where if it's a realtor that, you know, if they're out there, let's say they are looking for for sale by owners for their buyer clients, which, you know, maybe you do that on occasion, especially in a tough market like this, where it's so tough for buyers. Maybe you do kind of look and see if there's some for sale by owners out there that might fit your client. But as a, as a realtor that's been in the business for many years and I've dealt with for sale by owners in the past, I can tell you it's a much more difficult transaction because you're dealing with someone that doesn't know all the rules and regulations. So you're kind of having to teach them and, and explain things to them as you go through the process. And um, it's basically a, from the realtor side of things, you're you're doing double the work for the same amount of money. It so, kind of talks uh ties into something we were talking about when we were doing show prep and uh, our broker David mentioned that there's an emotional attachment to to a for sale by owner that owner is going to have feelings about that property they're going to be tied emotionally and they're going to have they're going to put value on things that may not have a value to an appraiser or you know uh, an agent but yeah Yeah, there's always going to be some emotional attachment there from a homeowner as well as maybe some sentimental value. You know, maybe they raised their kids there and there's a lot of memories there. So that all ties into that emotional attachment. And and uh, if, you, if you let your emotions get involved in the transaction, there's a, a really good chance you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot because you're not gonna be thinking clearly where when you hire a realtor, it's their job to remain rational and logical throughout the process. You know, we do this all day, every day. Buying and selling a house to us is no different than going to the grocery store and, and buying groceries or something. You know, it's it's something that is common for us. It's something that we do all the time, and we don't have that emotional attachment to it. Obviously, we we keep our clients' best interests in mind, and we do whatever we can to to get them the best deal and negotiate the best price and concessions that we can for them. But we're not going to get emotionally involved. That's our job to keep our emotions out of it. Um. Another thing here, it says uh, no no access to showing time. So if you're doing the for sale by owner, it's not going to be able to be put on our showing time app. Some people watching may be familiar with it. It's basically the, the most convenient way to schedule a showing on all sides, buyer, seller, both agents. Uh, this app is, is something we all use to, uh, to find out if a property is available and, and, and preserve our spots. It's very convenient. It's... It's almost hard to go back from showing time. Yeah, once you start using it, it's basically just an online scheduling system, and it tracks everything too. Um, and it's yeah, it makes things so much easier. Keeps things much more organized and efficient when it comes to showings. Um, and then you were you were mentioning some stats too when we were prepping for the show that that come from the National Association of Realtors. Uh, what were those stats again? Yeah, so you can take last year's data 
and all for sale by owners sold at an average price of two seventeen nine. Homes sold by an agent were sold at an average of two ninety five. It's a pretty significant difference. I mean, I am not a mathematician, but I believe that that's significant. That's probably more than an agent's fee on average. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes into uh, what you had brought up earlier about the type of potential buyers you're going to attract as a for sale by owner. And there's a reason that the for sale by owners a lot of times sell for less. And one of the main reasons, I think, is that you attract bargain hunters. You're, you're, it's people that are out there thinking they're going to get a better deal dealing directly with an owner versus dealing with an agent, which, you know, maybe there's some truth to that. Just like, I guess, when you're going to buy a vehicle, if you buy direct from an individual where you buy it out of the driveway of their house, you might get a better deal than going to the nearest car lot and dealing with a car salesman. It's funny you should mention that. For sale by owners where the seller knows the buyer sold on an average of 176.7. So the wow. most, the people who are bargain hunting the most are your friends and family, your loved right. ones. Okay, no, those are the ones that are really gonna try to tug at your heartstrings for the best price. And, and that may be where some of that, that emotional attachment and sentimental value comes into play too, because when you're dealing with friends or family, you're probably gonna be more inclined to kind of give them a break, mm-hmm. give them a deal. Um, so you're definitely leaving money on the table though when you do that. Um, you're also, as a for sale by owner, gonna attract unqualified buyers. The realtors typically don't work with buyers that are unqualified. And what do we mean by qualified? We mean a buyer that has already spoken with a lender. The lender has already gone through their finances with them, has already told them uh, the amount that they can get approved for, and they know what price range they should be looking in. Where these unqualified buyers have no idea. If they haven't talked to a lender before, how do they know what price range they should be looking in? Yeah, they, it, it's all going on intuition, and we all don't know exactly what our credit score and all that stuff is going to bring back with our lender. That's why lenders do what they do. Any agent um, should be aware of that. Most, I mean, I can't imagine an agent that's not going to ask about pre-approval before shopping for anything. I don't know how else you would know what to, what to put in the search engine. Yeah, and especially in the current market environment, you know, because things are moving so quickly, going under contract so fast that you have to have all your ducks in a row and everything lined up before you start shopping for homes because you literally have to be ready to pull the trigger at a moment's notice. And and part of that process of submitting the offer is having a pre-approval letter attached to that offer to show the seller that you are in fact a qualified buyer and can actually afford this house. Man, we were just talking about showing time a second ago. I can't tell you how many times we have been hours away from a showing that we've had scheduled on showing time and they called us to say, sorry, it's under contract. Too late. Yep. Too late. It's like, well, hold on. Wait six hours. There's no way they gave you an expiration by that time. Maybe my offer is better. They're like, nope, we're tired of it. That means they've had that much traffic. They're just that much. And they're that happy with what they've got in their hand. And that's how fast things are moving right now. Absolutely. So, yes, as a FISBO or for sale by owner, we call them FISBOs in the business for short. Uh, you can sell on your own. And like you said, you, you very well can get more than you paid for it. But there's a good chance you're going to leave money on the table. And when it comes, you know, not to harp on it, but to go back to that kind of emotional attachment situation, you might not think you're doing it, but there's going to be some of that subconsciously, whether you even know it or not. I mean, just imagine uh, a potential buyer coming into your home that you've let into your home and you're letting them look around and they're talking with their spouse and and they just start ripping your house apart about, hey, how look at that. I don't like this. And 
ew, that's gross, you know, whatever. The, that's It's going to rub you the wrong way. And it can cost you a deal. They, they talked about it yesterday in the training where people were talking bad about a house outside of a ring doorbell like we've talked about on the show before. A lot of the training we went over in here, which I was pretty grateful for. Um, but, you know, there, there's that aspect of it. Here's another thing emotionally. You know, we talk about the buyer love ladder, and NAR is actually asking – that people tone those down or even stop them, but definitely don't send pictures with them because right there that can be a housing discrimination issue. Absolutely. And the average FISBO may not know that. And an emotional aspect of, oh, look, and they say, oh, you know, we want to, we can't wait to see our kids run down the stairs to open their Christmas presents. Well, there's, you know, showing preference, you know, knowledge of their religion and possibly basing it off of that. I'm not saying those are the motivations. These are the things a lawyer can argue for and a realtor can protect you from. Exactly. And that's another good point that you bring up there is that just by hiring a realtor, there's a degree of separation there where it kind of takes a lot of that responsibility off of you as the homeowner um, because now it's, it's on them. It's on the realtor you hired to make sure that they are following uh, the federal fair housing laws, that they have all the proper paperwork in place. For example, a property disclosure. It's Louisiana law that all homes sold are supposed to have a property disclosure filled out where the home seller list any and all known defects with the property. And as a for sale by owner, you might not know that. You could get that form and fill it out yourself, but most times people don't that are for sale by owners because they're just not aware that they're supposed to do that. And so that's another thing that your realtor is going to do for you is not only make sure that you're abiding by all federal laws, but state laws as well. I have a lot of times too where sellers will, they'll call me several times while they're filling that out. Hey, Chuck, take a look at, you know, line, you know, 26. What, what do you, what's this one mean? Yeah, what well, well, mean? The, well, here's the situation. What should I write for this? And, you know, based on what I know about the situation, I can advise them. You don't have that without an agent. Exactly. And then another, another thing that you're going to have to do as a for sale by owner is you're going to be responsible for all the marketing of the home. Um, most people are not professional marketers, which as a realtor, we kind of have to be. That is one of the many hats that we have to wear as a realtor is to uh, be a professional marketer and advertiser of your of your home for sale, and uh, we know how to do that, and we know how to do that in the most efficient way. I mean, as a for sale by owner, you might, I guess, put a sign in your yard, and then, I mean, you might, uh, I guess, put it on social media or something mm -hmm. like that. But again, you're marketing to people that... Uh, you know, so what's that going to immediately right? do with your price? <laughs> yeah. Way down, not just down for selling yourself, way down because it's going to be somebody you know, statistically here. But yeah, like you said, you're going to put it on Craigslist, you're going to put it on Facebook, Facebook Marketplace or, or, or a neighborhood group, buy or sell. We've all seen them. Hey, we're realtors. We hang out in those places too. I hate to tell you. Right. Um, and if you've ever put anything on Facebook Marketplace, like just any item, you know how much BS there is involved with that, where you get these constant messages. Is this still available? Why, yes, it is. No response. You know, yeah. stuff like that happens nonstop, even if it's just something as simple as like a bicycle or something you're trying to sell on Marketplace. I used to be a football coach, and the worst mauling I've ever taken was a lady, I mean, ripping me apart for selling a dresser before she could buy it <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting world. Uh, for anything real estate related, we have photographers, inspectors, contractors, title attorneys, lenders, painters, gardeners, anything, yeah. anything you could possibly need, we, know, we have contacts for. Yeah, basically from the, the front sidewalk to the back fence and everything in between on your property, we have a contact for it. And that's another thing a realtor can and will do for you. 
as long as they're a good realtor, they should, is that when you're getting ready to, to sell your house, they're going to do a walkthrough with you, and they're going to point out things that you need to do to get the house ready so that it shows in its best light. Maybe that's some curb appeal, painting the front door, touching up the landscaping, uh, decluttering the house on the inside, but there's a whole list of things that your realtor can go through with you to make sure that it shows well. Ooh, and to categorize it properly. The difference between a very good and an excellent house can sometimes be a really fine line. It can. And sometimes it's better to be a very good house than an excellent house because of what you're going to be compared against. That's so true too. A, an agent knowing, you know, to price it and to categorize it appropriately, again, so... Not to toot our own horns here. There's a lot of reasons, and you're going to save money, and you're not going to have to work so hard. Right. And then, you know, going back to, to what we were talking about before with your realtor making sure that, that the whole process is abiding by both the federal and state laws, rules, and regulations, we as realtors are required to have errors and emissions insurance, E&O insurance, that protects us if we make a mistake. Um, hopefully we don't make a mistake, but if we do make a mistake... No, but we... I pay that very... Like, what, what is it this year? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm using pencils, okay? I make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, so we have that, that insurance in place to protect us. You, as a for sale by owner, have no insurance to protect you against... Um, even if it's just something that you did inadvertently or not knowingly, you know, you did something throughout the transaction that was just against the rules, you could be held liable for that and it could come back to bite you. It could be, and that's something so easy to do when, when you're, you know, you can be very, very knowledgeable of real estate transactions and be a very seasoned buyer and seller and still not just be up to date on things that you have to do, standards and practices that have to be taken care of. And like you said, we very, I, I, I've never had to use my errors in a mission, you know, I'm joking about yeah. making, making mistakes, but there's a reason they require us all to have it because it can happen. It must be a hazard enough or a possibility enough to where they're going to require us to have it. Absolutely. And then, you know, there is a way, as a for sale by owner, there is a way to kind of ensure that you're following all the federal and state laws, rules, and regulations. You can hire an attorney. Ooh. And we all know attorneys are expensive. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> What's, what is more reasonably priced now? I'm engaged to an attorney. I think she may. I'm, I'm comfortable with that, though. I'm a very secure man. It's 2021. So, but yeah, no, lawyers are absolutely more expensive than real estate agents are. For sure. They write the contracts. We fill them in. Yeah, you could easily hire an attorney and then, you know, have them overlook every document, every piece of paper, and you know they're going to charge you basically by the minute. Mm. You know, every minute of, of their time that you ask of it's them. It's rounded up to an hour. I know <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're going to pay a hefty price to do that, or you could hire a realtor. Um, you know, so really the main, your realtor's main job is to represent you and to protect your interest. So before the sale gets to closing, you know, buyers may make requests or demands that you would be less agreeable about or that would be unfair to you, but a realtor can, can help you and guide you with that and make these negotiations and, and help both parties arrive at a, a resolution that works for everyone. And that's what we do really is that we kind of bring the buyer and seller together in a way that everybody benefits and everybody wins. I mean, that's that's what we do at the end of the day. We try to make every transaction a win-win transaction where the buyer's happy and the seller's happy and everybody walks away from the closing table happy and satisfied. Now, that doesn't always happen, but that's the goal. That's the dream, yeah. That's what we go for every time. And it's and what's great about it, it's very doable often. Even in the, these markets right now, um, you know, I, I was at a friend's house who they had just purchased with me and talking about 
how great they felt about this being the one and it was such a long search, but they loved the deal and they loved it and this was just it and it felt good. That's, that's a buyer in this market right now, you know, walking away from the table feeling great. We're telling you not just to go find an agent, just find yourself a, an agent that stays consistently busy, somebody that gets referrals, somebody that people want to work with again. Find out if they've had the same client a few times. Yeah, and just like when you're hiring any other service provider, let's say you're looking for a landscaper at your house or uh, somebody to, to do a, a new fence for you or, or a painter or what have you, any service provider, typically you're going to ask for referrals or you're going to ask, hey, you know, you get them to come out, look at it, do an estimate, and you say, hey, everything sounds good. I like your price. Can you give me some referrals? I'd like to call three of your past clients and just, you know, see what they have to say about you. And if they're confident in their service and product, they'll say, sure, no problem. I've already got that ready. Bam, here you go. Have at it. You know, you can do the same thing with realtors. And as realtors, we should have a list of people that our clients can call for referrals and, and that will give us a good recommendation. Um, not only that, but you want to ask any realtor you hire a list of questions. Interview them, just like you would anybody else that you're hiring to do a job. Interview them. And, and you know, there's also the fact that not everybody's a good fit to work together. Everybody has differing personalities. And so, you know, sometimes this agent might be phenomenal, might be one of the best agents in the city, but there's just something where there's there's a clash there that you're, you're going to butt heads. There's just two differing you know, the styles are just too different, two different personalities. Some people really like Radiohead. I'm not one. I, I probably just lost a couple potential customers right there. But I, I was talking to my cousin Keith about it this morning. You know, that's a very passionate fan base, and it's something you either love or you hate. And same thing with anything. Any kind of personality conflict can be different, and it isn't good or bad. It just is what it is. And finding an agent that speaks your language, that knows how – how to communicate with you because there's going to be a lot of communication that goes on you and your agent are going to talk a lot if not it's probably not the best like there needs to be communication and it needs to be efficient because yeah. there's a lot that needs to be said and the uh the quicker it can be said and the more concise it can be said without you having to explain yourself as a buyer over and over to me or me trying to understand what you truly want or are going uh are looking for so that you know that whole diatribe i like going back to the numbers itself if I make less money, I have less money. Now, I don't put every dollar that I make on commissions like into a savings account or something like that. I, I put some of it back into my business, you know, that, yeah, to you market should. other properties. And you got to set some aside for taxes. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> a nice like, big chunk. As a matter of fact, what's the, you know, <laughs> that's coming up. But yeah, when if I as an agent have less of a marketing budget, then when I'm listing properties, I'm not able to list them as effectively and efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of, uh, of uh, what a realtor does is that marketing we talked about, and we are kind of professional marketers in that sense, and we have budgets for that marketing. We have that pre-planned ahead of time that I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on this listing for marketing, whatever that marketing may be. It may be mailing postcards uh, out to the neighborhood, social media marketing with paid ads and uh, Google ads, there's there's all kinds of different things that can be done, um, but we have a budget set aside for those things, and, and we expect to spend that money going into it. Um, oh, it looks like we have a, a listener question. We finally in. got one in. I, yeah. got, I got this email from Thomas in Metairie. And Thomas writes, I'm going to do it in my radio voice. <laughs> I keep hearing that now is the best time to sell because I'm never going to get more than now. But 
where do I move if I sell? Isn't buying a better home going to cost me much more? And I, that Thomas isn't the first person. Oh, by the way, thank you, Thomas, for writing in. We've been asking for emails, and you were the first one to come in, so thank you so much. Uh, but it, it's a one I get a lot, you know. It's a good question, and, and honestly, it's kind of a tough question. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, and, and that is a common concern right now with sellers is, you know, they know that things are selling quickly and going under contract quickly, and so the question then becomes, yeah, what happens after that? What if I can't find a house quick enough? Um, and that can be a challenge. That can be a problem. Uh, there's a couple different tactics I think you can use to do that. And, you know, traditionally, when we were not in such a strong seller's market, anybody that I dealt with that needed to sell in order to buy, I would always tell them, let's get your house prepped and ready to sell, and let's get it on the market, and then immediately start looking hard. Kind of do it at the same time. Right now, it might be better, honestly, to start looking for houses to buy before you put your house on the market. Because it's, if you price it right, it's pretty much guaranteed that it's going to go under contract quickly. So it might be wise to kind of find a house you want to buy first and do it in the opposite order. It, it's very advantageous to do that and letting you know what you have to work with uh, price-wise. You'll know when your closing date will be. Now, where it gets tricky is managing because you're going to want to keep the contingency in to protect yourself right now you know we're not advising waiving that contingency unless you have somewhere to live in between yeah and a lot of people do that as well where they have you know maybe it's a family member or a friend or you know somebody maybe they have a mother-in-law short-term rental something yeah guest house i mean i've even had a client stayed in a hotel for a couple weeks because they had really no other choice so they had to, but if you've got somewhere kind of to stay in that interim period, then that can definitely ease the, the pain and the burden. Um, and then there, we had brought it up in one of the other uh, shows as well, is there's the, the option of using a bridge loan mm -hmm. to where you can use that until you get everything sorted out and, and straightened out. And that could be another solution. That would probably be the most, uh, the least disruptive solution so much, as, like with your personal life being moving around. Movement's not fun no one no, likes no, that it's I, terrible. I think i can say that safely no one loves moving i hate it yeah it, hate it's the moving. worst but you want to do it as few times as possible that bridge loan may be the best way i would say too if it you know they put better in quotations if you're looking for a better home be flexible on where that home is yeah absolutely and better is subjective right you know but i'm gonna um, guess he means like maybe bigger and newer Maybe with some upgrades. Yeah, I would assume that kind of he's referring maybe to a to a move up buy, yeah. you know, where maybe it's a little more space, yeah, a little bit. A level up buy. So. Oh, a level up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, maybe a little bit better fixtures and finishes or something like that. Um, is it going to cost you much more? Well, if it's a move up buy, it's obviously going to cost you more. It's a bigger house. It's got better stuff in it. Then it is going to cost more. Um, but yeah, you're right. If you're a little bit more flexible on your buying options, um, that can definitely benefit you right now and with with uh, the possibility of working remotely I know a lot of people are still able to work remotely or at least part-time remotely um, then maybe it is a good idea to look a little further out than you would normally look because you're gonna get more for your money you know the further out from the, the city center you go the cheaper things become and if you don't have to commute every day then my, why not check that out a lot of great value on that North Shore right now absolutely you know you get much much more for your money on the North Shore, your dollar just stretches further. Um, and I, I've noticed they're clearing trees, building neighborhoods, and I've talked to some folks on planning committees that say there may be more coming. Yeah, they're they really just building subdivisions 
everywhere on the North Shore, but it's because they have the land to do it. Yeah, you know? it's not locked in. There's They need to make use of it, and they can make a bunch of money on it, too. For sure. And here on the South Shore, you know, we have the river to the south, the lake to the north, and there's only so much land in between. So the uh, that that's part of the driver here, too. But that's also, and I think we might have touch, touched on this in another show, that's part of the reason that the New Orleans real estate market kind of stays a bit more even keel than a lot of the other uh, cities in the country because we kind of have that built-in scarcity as far as the kind of New Orleans proper area. We're used area. to it. <laughs> right. Which is why I think also that, that right now um, we are still currently a little bit more even keel than some of the other markets. Before the show, I was talking about some other people I know in, in the real estate industry in other parts of the country, and, and they're at as low as like 0.4 months of supply, which yeah. is just crazy. I mean, that's, that's like under two weeks of supply. It, I, I want to say... Uh, the CE trainer yesterday who was from Illinois had something that it was almost like 0.4, something insane. I couldn't imagine. I, I thought ours was, was tough for buyers right now. Could you imagine being a buyer in a, in a market that's got like a, I don't know, a, a 10, 12-day supply? No. I, I, I mean, look, hey, if it, if, it, if it happens and we're going, I'm ready. Let's go. But I'm not. I'm not pulling for that. <laughs> I don't even want that as a listing agent. Yeah. What do you What do you do in that market? Like you, you bring a chair and camp out in the lawn you until until the first showing. Like like, every black, like a Black Friday sale. There's a line camped out down the street. You, you <laughs> in that market, you're seriously. It, it gets to the point where you're knocking on doors asking people if they might sell their house. Yeah. I mean, that's what it I would, would come think to. so. Yeah. So, but thank you again, Thomas. If anybody else would like to give us your real estate questions, and Nick, please anything. Braden at GNORealty.com or Chuck at GNORealty.com. You can also leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page. You can listen to us on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Breaker or anywhere that you get podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube where we put up our new video episodes as soon as uh, they're out and we populate them on the social media. Yeah, we do have a, a Facebook page specifically for the podcast where you can find all of the episodes there as well, as well as links to the other avenues to find the podcast. So you can listen to it, you can watch it, you can watch and listen, however you like to do it. But uh, again, we thank you for, for joining us for this episode of the Level Up Podcast with G&O Realty. I'm Braden Smith, and this is Chuck Stahl. And uh, by all means, send us in some more questions. Uh, we'd love to take them and uh, come up with the best answer we can for them. That was definitely a challenging question, and, and I hope we answered it sufficiently. So thanks again, everybody. Level up. All right. See you next time. Thanks.